Couple of sons and Sard's in the right spot, and this is what he does. Just backs himself. It's a Leo Barry-esque in a way. Three-time Premiership star on the boundary line as Sard takes off. Breaks through a couple. They come at him, and he runs away from them. Could he go all the way? Sard. And off he goes. Caesar Gibson and wants him. Has the pace. He looked around and said, I got you cut. Sard should cut it down. Good pick up on the move. Oh, launch from here. Superb. And away. That is scintillating. To Devin Smith. Oh, oh no. no. You can't pick that. Miracle of miracles. Oh. Devin Smith. What a goal. And they are in front. Oh. Got in the way of Stewart. Smith. Coming. Oh. How about that? That's one of the goals of the season. What a goal. What an absolute goal. And tidy hand pass, pick and falls over. The moment though, still with them. Chance for Stringer. Split the indifference. That was amazing. Just went between them, running towards goal. Wilt missed him. Stringer continues to run and kicks the goal. Torre was low. Stringer could pick up. And he busts through about three Brisbane lines. Leaves him in his way. Oh, snaps towards goal. And Stringer kicks a beauty. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't. It's a goal! What a ball! Sensational! Curry, way down to Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! I don't believe it! I see it! Ben Simmons. Everyone in this room is now dumb for having listened to it. Welcome back to the, oh my goodness, we got all three of them, lunchtime catch-up podcast. <laughs> my name's Grant, with me is Scott. Hello everyone, and I'm sure Essendon fans are going nuts right now, so what a week. I can assure you that both of, our, uh, both of us are. Um, today on the show we have got an incredibly special guest. We have uh, Scott has managed to get for us Mr. Rob Kerr, the GM of Football Operations for the Dons. Um, it's going to be an incredible uh, um, an interview today. Scotty and I put together some really great questions for Rob and... Uh, um, we're going to get to talk to the guy that would have been instrumental in getting all three of those players and probably the last, I don't know, what, 30-odd players <laughs> in the entire Essendon list. Um, yeah. So we'll talk to him today. Also, Scott and I are going to do our best 22. We're going to do our best 22 players. We've not seen each other's lists. We're going to uh, compare um, and uh, discuss potential any changes. So and can I already apologise to the six to eight players that are not in my best twenty two because it is impossible. It is absolutely impossible. There are players there that, that we're going to get more emails than we already do, and <laughs> they're going to go. How did you leave him out? I swear, seriously, have a look next time we do this and try and fit all of the players that should be in that side in yep. that side. It's going to be impossible. So, um, really great show today. So we will uh, cross straight over to Rob Kerr now. All right, let's uh, let's get Rob on the line. Okay, on the line we have uh, Mr. Rob Kerr, GM of Football Operations. How are you going, Rob? I'm very well, thanks, Scott. How are you? Very, very good. Uh, myself and Grant Hill are on the phone. Uh, look, we really, really... Hey, Grant. <laughs> G'day, I'm really good, thanks, Rob. Thanks again for joining us today. No Looks... problem. 
really appreciate you coming on. Um, we've, we've, I've asked a few fans um, just to get some little bit of a feedback. Uh, a lot of fans were kind of wanting to know the process of how the team identified um, the list needs, I guess, during the year and, and how that came about with us getting those three guys to nominate on what we can all say was a hugely successful week. <laughs> yeah, I just would like to pass on, Rob. Yeah. Firstly, really well done. <laughs> I can't possibly <laughs> yeah, stress that no. enough. <laughs> We're obviously very pleased with uh, how it's finished. So, um, uh, you know, it's great to get three players of uh, the talent level that these uh, players have got in, into the clubs from OK. Uh, certainly strengthens our list. But in terms of the uh, the process, um, we have a list management group in the club. I mean, every AFL club has a list management team, and uh, our group comprises myself, Adrian Bidoro, John Walsfold, Xavier Campbell, and Chris Heffernan. And we meet. Um, it's pretty regularly, you know. I don't think we go more than um, more than three to four weeks without having a meeting and just review the progress of the team and the development of players and, yep. and the sorts of results we're getting and where we think we've got um, strengths and strengths and, and weaknesses. Um, and one of the um, one of the areas we identified fairly early in the year was we felt we um, would like a little bit more run um, run out of defence. Yep. Uh, and, and being fairness, that was probably before Connor McKenna started to um, started to really uh, hit his straps and get going. He had a pretty good year, Connor, but there, there was still an area with the retirement of James Kelly um, that yep. we thought, OK, it'd be handy to add another player um, to our list who who's, uh, can defend but also can provide plenty of run and drive. And, uh, Adrian Dodoro had, um, had obviously knew Adam from the drought year. He was... Um, Draft or we became draft eligible and then was later rookie and, uh, and maintained a pretty good um, eye on Adam and, and contact with his family. Adam, obviously, is a northern suburbs boy, so growing up in Coburg, it's uh, it's a pretty handy club as far as uh, location to family and my wife goes. True, absolutely. And when, um, yeah, so when when um, when Adam decided that he, he wouldn't mind coming home, he was he'd been. To be honest with you, we'd, we'd made an approach the year before to see if we'd uh, convince him to come back to Melbourne prior to him recommitting to the Gold Coast. So uh, okay. we, we didn't expect um, that he would become available this year, but uh, given that he, he'd re-signed, so when he did say that he was keen to return, um, we immediately expressed our interest in the process went from there. I guess um, in terms of other areas of the ground, I think uh, the footy world probably feels that we uh, needed to add a... Add and more midfield depth. Um, obviously, Joe retiring, and um, we feel like we just would like to have uh, a few more numbers uh, who can go through the midfield area of the ground. Yeah. Um, there's probably a lot of talk after the Sydney final in particular, and probably both Sydney games, you've got to remember to keep it in perspective, because when you play up in Sydney, obviously, the SCG, which is that uh, small ground, there's a lot of stoppage footy, but... Um, yeah. There's a lot of contention that we perhaps needed a big-bodied mid. Um, now, they're pretty hard to find, uh, but we certainly felt that, um, at the very least, we wanted to add depth to our midfield. And um, over the course of the year, obviously, the role of this manager is to make contact with managers, see who's out of contract, see who may be considering um, a move, uh, you know, waving the piece... Um, you know, Devin Smith's name came up, uh, and 
Devon's a, Devon's a really talented footballer. He's probably spent more of his time up forward at um, GWS than he has in the midfield. But if you go back to Devon's junior career, he, he was a really accomplished midfielder. And um, he's also got the ability when he plays up forward to apply pretty good pressure. That's probably something that's a little underrated with respect to uh, Devon. You go through and have a look at his pressure numbers. They're all very good. So... Um, when he became available, we, uh, we expressed our interest or, you know, he was not sure whether he wanted to come home. It was a fairly late decision. Um, but having, uh, expressed our interest in managing the life, that was one that we followed up on pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, with players, obviously, uh, want them to get a feel for the club and, um, and meet the coach and explain to them where, how they'd fit in and the like. So, went through that process and it was um, you know, it was uh, fortunate that Devon decided that uh, Essendon is a club where he could see himself playing a fair bit of midfield time and I think he's reasonably excited by the list that we've got yep. and um, yeah but we still were keen on that big body mid and then when the Jake Stringer um, Jake Stringer's name got thrown up fairly late as you know that came up as a result of the um, end of season reviews at the Bulldogs uh, we just thought He's, he's a very talented player. Definitely. Uh, he, he's kicked, uh, you know, big numbers of goals. Uh, not, not so much this year, but the previous two seasons. He, yeah. He's been a pretty, I think he made the Bulldogs goal kicking. Uh, and again, you go back a little bit to what you saw at under-18 level, and he does appear to have the ability to um, go into the midfield at times and, and um, win some contested footy. It's obviously a lot of work that would be need to be done to develop his skills in that space, and Aidan Skipworth as the midfield coach will work very closely with him and um, to uh, skip his credit he played a big role in, in convincing Jake of the merits of coming to Essendon yep uh, and um, so you, again yeah yeah so <laughs> again um, you know the decision, Jake made the decision after speaking to a couple of clubs that uh, he'd like to come to Essendon we, we obviously you know, as you do with all players, you, you look at their background and you try and get a good understanding of what they want to achieve as footballers and, and where they fit. Um, there's been a lot of publicity around Jake that we feel like we can um, work with him and, and provide him with an environment that allows him to get the best out of himself and, and not just on the football field but off the football field. So it's kind of uh, it's a long process, um, but then as sometimes happens, things can happen late in the lead up to trade periods and the like and you've got to be in a position where you're ready to strike if those opportunities arise and, uh, and, and we were and we're very keen to add to our list Sorry, oh, sorry. sorry, Scotty. And, and it would seem that you guys and, and Adrian and, and Co, you, you're the masters of that. You, you, I assume it's much harder than it looks to be able to put together a complex deal for a player of Jake's talent. I mean, the, the dogs didn't want to let him go for for nothing. Um, and to, I mean, you, you look at him and think, okay, at our club, he could be anything. Um, I think with the direction of our club and, and again, Xavier and, and the whole, the board and everybody should be highly commended for turning this club around from the, the troubles that we've had and turning it into clearly a club of, uh, a destination of choice um, for really talented footballers who would have a choice of where they want to go. So it's, from a fan's point of view, is it, do you have sort of set strategies for trade week and you don't deviate or, or how much is done on the fly with regards to like late decisions from Devon or somebody like that? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, 
mean, you, you go into you go into the lead up uh, once the season's over. You, you, you've got a, a good understanding of where your draft picks are going to be. Um, I suppose strategically, one of the key planks of our um, football strategy is, or has been, that um, we felt like we needed to add a couple of uh, quality players to the group uh, over, if not this year, over a couple of year period. Um, you know, we've got a pretty. We feel like we've got a. You know, you've got your Hebbles and your Hurley and your Hookers, and then you've got uh, Joey and Zach underneath yeah. and Raz and, and Wallace. So, they, you know, there's a pretty good base. But, you know, one of the outcomes from the period you spoke about is we did lose draft picks and, and we lost players as well. So we probably had a little bit of a hole on the list in that 23, 24-year age group. So we're very keen on um, trying to add players um, who, who satisfied that criteria, 23, 24, 25, and had, you know, a good... Um, five or six years, if not eight, nine, ten years in, ahead of them, um, and we're going to be um, quality players. Uh, so that was always, that was something we'd um, planned for. Now, it's in terms of the cards falling all all your way, they probably did a little bit for us this year. It's not, yeah. not um, just coincidence, but um, we, we had, we had, uh, you've got to, Managed the salary cap, so we had um, built it so that we had the ability to bring in a quality, a couple of quality players. Or um, so that was the, that was the plan. Uh, and then one of the great selling points, there's a couple of great selling points with us. Uh, one, one is the facility, like it is a really fantastic facility. That's if you're obvious, yeah. If you're, yeah, if you're footballer who comes and has a look at. Um, the, the environment in which you're going to be working in. I think um, most players would love seeing our car. You know, I, I have a really good. I'd have a good opportunity here. There's nothing I'd, I'd want for. Everything's on site. Get the most out of um, themselves. Yeah, yeah. And then the other, the other um, uh, good selling point is, is is our fan base. Really, like you're playing front of, in front of um, big crowds. It's a, yeah. Uh, you know, the fans have been incredibly loyal and, and stuck through thick and thin and. You know, be able to sell Anzac Day and Dream Time, and you know, we we get good crowds against Geelong, against Melbourne. Um, there's not many. I think what we had over a million people come and watch um, games this year. So it was incredible last that, year. That, yeah, that's part of the strategy in terms of the selling. In terms of actual dealing, um, well, you've got uh, as I said, you know what your draft picks are. When it wasn't until very late that um, we were aware that all three. Players were going to had players missing, so um, you know the, the strategy shifts a little bit because it becomes pretty clear it's going to be hard to uh, bring three players in unless you're prepared to deal with the first round draft selection. So sure. yeah. uh, we we made that sort we made that decision, and um, you know Adrian was very focused on how he could, could turn that first round draft selection into a player and an additional second round pick to help us. Um, get through, get bring another player in. So um, that was, um, you know, that was a really critical uh, piece of um, critical tactical piece. Uh, that, that eleven really had the work for us in terms of producing a player and an additional um, pick, which was uh, pretty high up in the draft order. Well, that, um, so that when, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say that, on, that, that, that that Devin Smith um, uh, deal seemed to be. One and an amazing deal. I, I mean, me and Grant actually negotiate f- for our work for a living. So we were like, when that came through with the two second rounders, we we're like, oh, I can see clearly that's what they're doing here. Absolutely, <laughs> and, that, and how that can open up everything. So um, that that seemed to be for me the the deal that set everything off. 
Yeah, well, it, it, it was, you know, and, and there, 11 was offered to the Bulldogs, but part of that offer was, uh, you know, it was 11 in our third round with the second round of coming back. Um, so, again, even if, if the Bulldogs had taken that offer, we would have had a, an additional second round pick, um, which was key to our strategy. You know, the really important part of our strategy was we didn't want to, we wanted to go into next year's draft with our first and second round yeah, pick. So, yeah. um, um, we've been able to um, uh, succeed on that front. But uh, Adrian, um, you know, he, he worked uh, the, the clubs very hard and, and um, with the objective of 11 yielding both a player and second round pick. The, the GWS deal was a very good one, but again, a little bit of that's about the needs of the um, teams you're dealing with. The GWS being out of the first round, um, they were really keen to get a, um, a first round pick. So, if that becomes a priority for them, well, then obviously um, you you uh, try and turn that priority into something that's a benefit to to what we're trying to do as well. And uh, and it felt it, it, you know once we we felt we had two options there, either the DWS option or the Bulldogs option, but we didn't want to be um, waiting for too long a period of time to uh, make a decision on which one we yeah. went with. Yeah, and it was made easier because one club um, rejected it, and one club uh, one club was keen to um, was keen to secure the eleven early. Nice. Yeah. So look, obviously, the obvious other name that came about, um, and and you might be limited in what you can say, but obviously Aaron Francis um, name got brought up, and and he had a I don't know how strong the desire was, but he, if the, he had a preference, maybe to go home. How is that now sort of done? <laughs> um, yeah. Now, now that the trade, I guess, hasn't gone through, was he kind of understanding that it could easily go either way and, and sort of accept that kind of part? Yeah, look, um, we had uh, obviously had discussions with Aaron prior to the trade period and, and made it um, clear for the benefit of both sides that if if something suitable came up, we would we would look at it. Um, we sympathetic to Aaron's circumstances. Um, but if, if there wasn't something suitable, then we all had to be uh, aware that um, Aaron would be um, honouring the contract that he has. Um, so there's been constant dialogue with Aaron and his um, manager throughout the trade period. Yeah. Um, and to his credit, Aaron's in a really positive frame of mind. Um, he's he's uh, you know accepted uh, the way things have, have fallen, and now he's all about improving and, and developing as a footballer. So. We'll um, we'll work very closely with uh, he and his family to try and set him up in the best possible way for for uh, future success. Um, yeah. and, but most pleasingly, Aaron's um, Aaron's very positive and really keen to attack the challenge, and has already thought about some of the things that he'd like to do a little differently next year in terms of living arrangements and the like, which um, which he thinks will be of, of benefit to him and, and um, help overcome some of that homesickness and the like. So, uh, you know, it's, um, we still have great faith in, in his um, talent and ability to football. And so, so do we as fans, I can assure you, Rob. We, yeah. we, every time we see him play, mate, there's the two or three little things that he does, maybe when he's playing in the twos, those two or, little, two or three little things where you just look and go, oh, geez, I can't wait till that's half a dozen things throughout a game and we see him running across a forward flank or a half-back flank or anywhere. We'd, we... And I hope Aaron understands it from a fan's point of view as well, that we appreciate that it, um, his sort of career to date hasn't gone as well as he would have liked it, and uh, he probably would, would 
have that desire to, to maybe go home. But as fans, we are really looking forward to that kid getting on a park. We really are. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, as you say, every, everyone can see those glimpses of talent and um, it's just about uh, continuing. You know, there's a lot of pressure on the younger uh, on the younger players nowadays to make an impact early. And yeah. It's not always the way. And you go back um, over time and, and there's a lot of players who've had very, very uh, long and strong careers after... Uh, you know, two or three years of developing their football at um, at the lower level, and uh, so um, there is pressure that comes with being a high pick. But um, we've seen progression in in Aaron and development, and and uh, provided he um, gets his uh, his body right, then there's no reason that that shouldn't continue to be the case. And yeah. there's plenty of opportunity for him there. Absolutely. Um, just another question. All three players that we've traded in can possibly play sort of various areas on the ground. I guess Saad's elite quickness um, and um, Devin Smith's forward. He can play middle. Stringer can play middle. He can play forward. You could probably chuck him on a wing. Um, from yeah. from a list point of view um, now, do you do you see... Well, two questions. What, what do you see as Essendon's real strengths in our, in our list now? And would one of those things be flexibility um, within the side to be able to move players around? Now, I look at um, Jakey Stringer coming into the forward line, and I'm thinking, do we keep Hooker down there now, or can Hooker go back to um, back to the back line? So, those two questions: what, what do you think Essendon's core strengths are with its list now, and do you think flexibility is one of them? Uh, well, I think um, our core strength is is our forward uh, half. Like uh, this year, we were. Um you know, pretty much the most um, efficient team in the forward half, uh, and you know, with uh, for the, most of the year we had the three talls and the three smalls, and that worked um, very well. Uh, John does like to have um, some, some height up forward, so uh, there, there'll be plenty of debate about hooks again, but um, uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's going to be interesting. It's um, a nice, it's a nice problem to have, Rob. <laughs> Yeah, it is. I mean, he's an elite Mark Carl. Look, there's not many players who can be Mark the footy better than, than yeah. Carl. He takes, he takes marks in situations where he shouldn't. So that's a pretty uh, nice attribute to have up in, in your um, forward half. And, uh, you know, hopefully Michael Hartley continues to develop and that, that gives us the, um, you know, the comfort to keep Carl up forward. But I think that um, forward line is definitely a strength of ours. Yeah. And the flexibility piece that you ask about Throughout the season, um, we felt that we, we, we just needed to get more numbers going through the midfield, and we needed to uh, start to expose a few more players in the midfield group. So, um, Raz went in there at times, Waller went in there at times. Um, towards the back end of the season, we um, um, pushed Andy McGrath from the back pocket up to the wing. Um, so, to be able to continue their development as forwards and mids or, or, or defensive mids and then to be able to add um, Devin and uh, Jake with a view to pushing those guys through the midfield at times that really does uh, you know, demonstrate a, a pretty flexible group that can play predominantly forward midfield mm-hmm. um, but we're going to have you know we're going to have the ability to rotate um, a, a good number of players through the middle which is something you know the Bulldogs did two years ago to great effect um, different teams have different uh, different approaches to it. Uh, we, we were also really keen to uh, have Kyle Langford come in and play. A yeah, fair he's, bit of he's an interesting field. one. He's an interesting. Yeah, one. so so Kyle again another developing player, and he's been um, you know 
this year, he would be disappointed they didn't play more ASL games. But yep. from our point of view, this year was all about developing his um, his craft as a as a as that big body mid we spoke about. So, um, you know, he's another one who who has the opportunity to go through the middle of the ground and can also go forward. If you ask Jaden Laverty, that'd be something he'd like to do as well. And so. there's another name, mate. We're, we're just as as part of this podcast today. We're putting together our best twenty two um, from both of our opinions, and you you look at Laverde Langford. There's um, Parish, there's Devin Smith, all these guys. That you just, how do we fit them all into a side? It's amazing. Yeah, that, and yeah, Josh Green kicked his fair share of guys. And Josh Green, as well. Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You still got Much and Ridley and all these guys coming through with enormous talent. So yeah, yeah. So it's exciting in terms of yeah, there is going to be pretty strong competition, and generally that bodes well. For yeah. Look, Rob, just to wrap things up, and again, we appreciate your time. I just thought, obviously, the draft's coming up. We've obviously got to make some list selections. Uh, it's may- maybe too early, or you probably can't even say, but are we looking possibly at, like, a 40-man main list and four rookies or 38 and six kind of rookie setup? How do you kind of see that f- yeah. in, in future? And also, we obviously have late draft picks, so how, how do you see that? Because I, I actually can see... This is this is a fan speaking, so ignore <laughs> ignore if there's nothing you can see. We won't, in that. We won't give Rob list management advice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but like the, there's some scenarios with just late picks. Like, do you actually talk to an Anthony Miles or something like that uh, in a, in possibly a weaker draft? It, how do you sort of approach now the next steps with I said as far as list management and draft? Yeah, that's, I mean it's a really good question because it's exactly where we're at at the moment. Um, we we had a discussion yesterday. Um, and you know, one of the big points of discussion was, um, was do we go with a primary list of 38, 39, or 40? So the, the reality is, we have got late picks like 48. That's a you know, that's a solid pick. Um, but then from after that, it's all going to be you know, genuinely back end selections. Um, so I suppose one of the challenges that um, we, we throw to Adrian and the recruiting team is. Um, you know, if, if we're picking that late, you've got to be really confident that there's um, some yeah. good upside with with the player you want to pick. Otherwise, are we better off, you know, looking at a miles or, um, or, or or you know, identifying an area where we think we could shore up our uh, depth with a player who has been, um, you know, a mature age player who's been around the competition for a while. Yeah. Um, you go you go through the you know you go through the history of the draft and whilst um, there are a good number of players who've picked, been picked late and had good careers. Uh, most commonly, they're rookie picks. I'm not sure what the reason for that is, but often it's your rookies are, um, are a little bit older, or um, or they're you know they've got a deficiency such as leg speed, but they're just pure football yeah. footballers. You think you're Sam Mitchell type, um, so that's you know that's one of the big discussions that we'll be having in terms of. Um, if we're going to make a selection um, for, for a, a late pick, then um, you know the recruiters really have to be confident that that um, player has got the attributes to to uh, become a, a decent league footballer in a couple of years' time. We don't really just want to um, take a pick for the sake of taking a pick. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. So, as you mentioned before, if you go through the um, the players on our list. Who've been drafted in the last couple of years and haven't played um, big numbers of AFL games? There's quite a few. So those 
those players need the opportunity to develop and, and show their wares. So yeah. I guess that was part of our strategy. We, we thought it was a good time to go for the mature players uh, that we've selected rather than necessarily putting a layer of another, another layer of, you know, four or five 18 year olds on top of the yeah. 19, 20 year olds that we have who, um, who really need to be given their opportunities. Like we've, you know, we're very keen for Mason Redmond to step up and, and, um, show his wares. And he spoke about Ridley and then there's Begley and, and the like. And even as we mentioned before, Jaden and Kyle, you know, they'd like to be playing more, more AFL footy. So, um, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. But uh, it's a good pretty, problem uh, to have. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah, a great yeah. Problem. So, yeah. So, I guess the answer to your question is we, we're still debating just exactly what the um, list looks like in the final um, wash up. It may be that we decide, all right, well, there's not going to be much difference between um, the bottom four or five selections and, and what's available in the rookie draft. So on the night, we'll make a call, I, I would think, as to whether we want to just hold a spot and perhaps go to the rookie draft and, and re- reassess or, or yeah. whether if Adrian feels there's a player there who there's, there's a really compelling case for, then you'd, you'd jump on him from that night. All right. I can assure you from a fan's point of view, Rob, we've got every confidence that you'll be making the right decision. Well, um, not every decision's right. You hope to get the majority right. Oh, <laughs> I think that's I think the you're of it, well but... and truly ahead of the ledger. You and your your entire team there, Rob. We uh, um, we really want to thank you very much for coming on. We better wrap it up. We've we've taken you over time already, but um, we really want to thank you again for coming on the um, on the podcast. It's great. The fans will absolutely love this. It's uh, it's been great to get a bit of an insight on. Um, on how things happen, um, it's, it's it's always great to just see the the news reported on when you get home from work um, that uh, Essendon's got all three of their draft picks and but there's a, a hell of a lot of work going on behind I um, I would imagine and uh, again from a fan's point of view you and your entire team and Adrian the guys um, should be congratulated because the the list as strong as it is at the moment um, and the 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 nice problem of not being able to fit certain players on is. Um, very much you're doing and uh, we're, we're really encouraged to, to see what the list can do next year so uh, we really want to thank you for your time today and um, uh, we hope to talk to you again soon Yeah, no worries fellas thanks for um, thanks for your interest and, and you know it's all the support it's their ongoing support at, um, as I say yes, Essence supporter base has been amazing and um, uh, we, we use that as a big selling point for the club so uh, it's, yeah. um, it's certainly noted and appreciated by all of us within the uh, footy department so good luck with the podcast and, and uh, yeah hope to speak to you again down the track great thanks very much for your time Rob thanks so much Rob have, no. a, good, have a good weekend okay thanks Rob. bye thanks, well how good was that folks Mr Rob Kerr um, talk about an articulate bloke this that was uh that was access not a lot of people get, and we are very um, thankful to the Essendon Footy Club and specifically uh, Justin Rodsky for, for access to Rob. Um, yeah. Some really good insights uh, as to what uh, what goes on behind the scenes. And that flexibility that he talks about, that's one thing I'm really excited about. At the start, I thought, oh, aren't we, what, should we be getting more inside mids? And I understand we probably should be, but there just wasn't that available. I think, to me, only Rockcliffe was available and, and the club were quite keen to get guys sort of 25 and under, which I can understand because they want to build premierships. They want to build dynasties. Absolutely. I mean, we've um, got the Zach and the, and the Parishes and, and those guys as, mm. as sort of the, the younger mids, but um, to get Devin Smith, who's wildly talented and 
Um, and Jakey Stringer, which I think I've been describing him as just like four liters of cream. That guy, yep. he is just going to be cream on the top of our list. It's a big, big inclusion. I mean, how I see why I like the flexibility because you hear Fantasia discuss he wants to play more midfield time, and it sounds yep. like the club want him too. And you see, Devin Smith's going to play midfield time. They want Drake Stringer to play more midfield time, and you and you go, well, that's a perfect three-way rotation yep. in a game. Because all of them are great forwards, yep. but can be good mids. And this is the thing, I, I was thinking about it, why why is there such a focus to roll play, players through? Why is there such a focus for that flexibility? Because I don't think, oh, maybe, but I don't think since the Brisbane days, when you had Voss, Ackermanis and, um, and Black in your midfield, because you drafted three absolute superstars to your, to your club, has there been a has there been a club where you've drafted... Like Training, three yeah. incredible mids. Like you get a Joe Watson every Shrove Tuesday, right? So it's it's and no and no doubt we went after Kelly and we probably even had chats to Martin, but absolutely, they just, yeah. it just didn't happen. It didn't pan out. So the next best thing is to rotate the guys that can play through me. Sure, they're not going to be a Dustin Martin or a, or a Josh Kelly or a um, or a Joe Watson, right? But at least we're going to have great guys with great yeah. midfield nows rotating through there the whole time. So, look, uh, we'll make it nice and punchy today. Um, we we sort of tweeted out that we're going to do our secret best 22 for next year. Mm-hmm. I probably regretted deciding to do that because I realised there's a no-win situation on our behalf. No. <laughs> and I'm sure people are going to write into the show. The last time catch up at uh, gmail.com. We get a heap of emails through there, which we really appreciate. We love um, all the feedback we get. So, look... Um, I'll start with you, Grant. You start with your All right. my best ba- 22. Coming my best 22. Line. Coming off the back line is the automatic selection in bags. Um, he's hard as a, a cat's head, that bloke, and first picked in my side every day of the week. Now, <laughs> second player in is where we get to the controversial part. Um, Kale Hooker. I'm putting him at fullback. Now, I was, I was a fullback Kale Hooker fan. When they put him forward, I embraced it. I absolutely embraced it. Um, he's, God bless Carl, he can't run out of sight on a dark night, but um, he's an elite mark. And in the forward line, that's what you need. So I was a huge fan. However, as I get to my forward line, I'll, I'll uh, explain why. I'm chucking him back now. Now, one of the other controversial ones between Scotty and I was, I have Brendan Goddard at, uh, in the back pocket. Now, I, I love his, his composure. I love his experience, his foot disposal. He can mark the ball as well. So I've got him in the back pocket. Um, then we've got the flying Irishman in Connor McKenna at, uh, at halfback. Um, we've got Hurls at centre halfback. Automatic no-brainer. And then we've got the other half of the two fastest halfbacks in the comp in Adam Saad. Um, I swear, the first time you see Conor McKenna running outside of the, the, the back 50, linking up with Saad, who runs the entire length of the square and kicks it into the forward 50, that is going to be a sight to see. Um, in the centre, we, we, uh, I'm bringing in the, um, the number one draft pick and my pick to be the next Gavin Wanganeen in uh, McGrath. The other controversial one, not controversial, but, but the difference between Scotty and I is that I've got um, Darcy Parrish in there as well. I reckon that kid's got the runs on the board and um, deserves to be in there. Um, in there with them is Zaka. Again, another automatic selection for me. Half forward flank, I've got um, Orazio uh, on, a forward, uh, on a forward flank. And then the other two players on, again, quite possibly the best half forward line in the comp 
is uh, Orazio, the Big Joe, and the new boy in the package Stringer. Now that's that's an incredible half forward line for me. Um, name me a better one, seriously. Um, forward line we've got um, Tipper, brilliant, magical, mercurial, but like um, Rob pointed out in the interview. Um, able to put on that forward pressure, which is so vitally important nowadays. Um, I've got uh, Jimmy Stewart down in the forward line, just taking marks, improving every week. Um, I'm, he's officially a steal, that kid. And then here's the other one that was a little controversial for me. I want Jaden Laverde in that side. I want him in the side. Seriously, if you haven't seen Jaden Laverde up close, get down to training and just watch him as he walks past you. I'm about 6'3 myself, and Jaden's got two inches on me easily. He's got easy two inches on me, and the guy looks like he's chiseled out of stone. I, He can jump, he can run, he can do a heap of stuff. I want Jaden Laverde in that side because he could be, I reckon he could be anything, that kid. Anywho, um, the rack line, we've got Tommy Bell, no brainer. Um, I've got Zachary in there twice. Um, Zach Merritt. Oh, that'd be Zach Merritt, silly person. Um, that'd be Zach Merritt again. No brainer, and the captain in Hep. Um, interchange. I have Gleason on the interchange. Um, could be on the ground easily. This dodgy. is one of the ones where dodgy call. Could anything? Oh, no, sure. Um, <laughs> I want David Myers in there. Um, I love that bloke. I love his left booming, great atomic left foot. Um, he is that big-bodied um, bloke in the midfield as well. Then I've got Devin Smith. Um, he will be spending a lot of time on the field in my team, but he starts on the bench. Um, and then uh, Kyle Langford. Um, Kyle Langford is, uh, again, a player like Laverde I want in that side. He's he's talented. He has done his time. He has produced in the VFL. Um, I want him in that side. Um, and then, uh, and I won't go through the emergencies. Emergencies are too difficult. It's just, there's, what, five, six, seven players that could be on that yeah, list. Yeah. So we won't go through them right now. And they're Scotty? All, they're all best 22 on there. Oh, I mean, there's there's a heap of players. You all won't right. name them. So I'll go through my um, best 22. I mean, I personally, I have a theory that it's really a best 30 because there's a rotating, you, you have different matchups week to week. So... Please don't think this is insulting to all the the Francis no, of the world because obviously there's a lot of talented players and they're all going to play in different scenarios, different I mean, games. Josh Green wasn't in my my best twenty-two. I mean, <laughs> where do you put him? So I've got here from the back line: uh, Mark Bagley, Cal Hooker, and Marty Gleason. Um, Hooker, it took me so long for me to to do this because I loved Hooker up forward. But I just looked at our forward line and I that I've put in and just thought there's literally no weakness. So <laughs> I just still felt personally me, even though the midfield didn't help us out at all, we still had some moments in the back line where we were a little bit I don't know if the word is weak, but but um we just had moments where we leaked a lot of goals. Yeah. Um and I've just thought Maybe it's time to shore up that back line. Um, so I've got Connor McKenna, Hurley, and Sard off half back. I think a lot of people are going to have that set up. I've got on the centre line. I've got on the on the wings, uh, Harakis and McGrath on the other wing. I've got Devin Smith in the middle. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give the challenge out to him straight away. Yep, hasn't played a game in how many years, and you're putting <laughs> him in the middle. Okay, that's why we trade him. Um, so I've got same half forward, Fantasia, Danaher, Stringer. How oh, good is that? that? I love that. A lot of rotations through the midfield and that half forward line. Yep. Um, 
which is great because uh, I think Zaharakis can kick goals and Devin Smith can kick goals. So the rotations now this year are, are really are really good. And and I think too that the defence of the midfield will get a lot better. There's a lot younger bodies, so they can run two ways. So I expect Essendon to be a lot more competitive around the ball and a lot of a lot more pressure acts to happen this year. Full forward line, Walla, um, Stewart, and I've put in Begley. Um, I could have put in Begley. I love the fridge. I love him. I just had that. I have that. I just really believe in this kid, uh, and I just feel like another preseason under his belt. Um, he's come in like really late, fast. Even when we drafted him, it was like a a very sudden rise, and I, I just sense that now he got some games towards the end of this year. Uh, with the preseason, he he's a player to watch for me. Uh, I've got Belly in the ruck. I've got Zach Merritt and Dyson Heppel. Um, obviously, that's an obvious for me. Yep. Uh, interchange. I've got Goddard. I have put Langford in, and Laverde in. Now these two I've I've put in because they are coming into their third and fourth year. They've, we've got to get these guys going. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit of a big year for for both Laverde and Langford. I for people who watch the VFL, um, I think he came on really well. Um, they were clearly developing him as an inside mid. Um, started off a bit slower, but then as the year went on, his craft got a heck of a lot better, yeah. and he was really getting through traffic well. So, uh, I think that was a bit of a masterstroke that whole development year, and I, and actually could now that we have not too many big bodied mids, it could have been a a, a real positive for us. I've got Darcy Parish. As the last four interchange, so a lot of guys missing: Hartley, Ambrose, Much, Francis, Myers, Collier, Green. So look, they're all gonna they're all gonna play games. I understand that. I obviously people who know me love. I know I love Francis, so I was obviously tempted. But um, to be honest, I, I want him to earn it. Um, and that's just my little ruthless side. But. Uh. But look, we'll wrap it up. Thank you, everyone, so much for this podcast. What a brilliant week it was. Um, it just has such a great feeling being an Essendon fan at the moment. Oh, um, cannot I've, wait. We've talked all season. year about us being more professional, more ruthless, and, and I feel like in areas of the club, it's happening really, really well. Um, and now it's a little bit onto a worse fault. Unfortunately, he's now got all the pressure because <laughs> we've definitely uh, given <laughs> him a list now team. to work with. Absolutely. Um, so it's... I mean, mate, we made finals this year. We made finals this year, first year back after all the, the problems. So with a, with those three blokes coming into the into the club and the, the great competitive tension that we have, um, yep. it, Bomber fans, you should really seriously look forward to next year. Now, I'm not saying we're going to be winning premierships by 10 goals, but... Um, five. Five. <laughs> I'll go with that. But we've got players that are 23, 24. Um, our window is officially open. Whether yeah, you it slide is. it or yeah. whether you roll that window out. Um, and I bet you someone like Rob Kerr and or Bush or anybody from the club for that matter wouldn't be saying it. But right behind the closed doors somewhere at Essendon, they'll be making those. And like Rob said in the interview, they'll be making the decisions on these um what established footballers as opposed to getting another layer of 18 19 year old kids because i reckon they see a window in the next two to four kind of years so um really exciting times uh, for the essendon footy club again a huge thank you to um the essendon footy club justin rodsky and uh and especially rob kerr for coming on the on the podcast so um we'll sign off there and uh we look forward to talking to you guys next week catch you later guys